We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So I think you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Value Add Podcast with K&K. <laughs> Today, um, I'm a little bit delirious because we have a cold. Try not to laugh at that we are intro, doing but okay. A couple Monty's of, slapping. Yeah, I like Monty it. Monty just let it out. It's okay. Monty's <laughs> holding it in. Wasn't it sort of like, yeah, I mean, like I could Still do voiceover sick. for I commercials just or my something. Tea, waiting to go pick up my prescription medicine. Woohoo! Because I need to feel better because I cannot work out in the morning this whole week. So I'm getting anxious. And let's all just get it out there on the table. When Kenny is sick, he is the biggest baby. I mean, you would think the man is dying. He has a cold, but Monty's to him, go, he's Monty. dying. Facts. <laughs> yes. Hashtag facts. Yes. So you guys see Kenny with his crazy 345 wake-ups. When he's sick, oh, you best believe he's the biggest baby. So, but he's here and we're so happy to have him. Well, hopefully I get treated more like a baby at home. <laughs> <laughs> no such luck. Anyways, but, speaking um, of yeah. image. Yes. Um, today, we're going to dive in to talk about, in our opinion, based on what we've been doing and all the people that we know that are doing what we're doing, is why building a brand or building an image can help you what, Crystal? Build your portfolio. Yep. I mean, truly, if we're being like really thinking about it, we're here to talk about cash flow and investing in real estate and really all things real estate. But building your personal brand is going to build any business that you have. Um, in our case, that happens to be investing in real estate or you know doing really anything surrounding real estate. So that's what we're talking about today. But really you know, building your image is really building credibility. I mean, that's really what you're building when you are building your brand and people are getting to know you and you're becoming an authority. Um, so that that's going to help in any situation. So I just want to give a couple examples. If you're like, what are you talking about? So if you've ever watched a show, Million Dollar Listing, right? Um, we've had the pleasure to work with some of them or talk to some of them. Um, or you can go online and see them podcast or interviewed. So people always ask, hey, so if you're writing an offer on Crystal's building and you're this famous million dollar listing guy, do you think your offer gets accepted because you have this image and everybody knows you over a lot of people? Yeah, they do, you know? So if you take that into context, what we're saying is, is that when you're, when you're out there, like, especially if you start competing in bigger buildings and things like that. And, and, and sellers are like, look, the rule number one that sellers, if just so you know, sellers care about one thing. And what's that crystal? Uh, probability of closing. Like exactly. They want people to perform. Exactly. So if you, if you're image or brand, but if you're the type of person that you have a probability to be a pain in the ass, they have a probability of not accepting your offer. Right? So that is an am, image brand. So, what we're saying is, is that if you start creating a brand and image that, hey, I'm a real estate guy, bought real estate, got these deals, have all the, I do financing and management and all this, like Crystal and I, when we go write offers in, people go, oh, we know Crystal and Kenny. They already know us. Maybe they work with us or done this. 
we're because of our image, our brand that we're putting ourselves out there, that is giving us a leg up on somebody else writing an offer. And then if they've done a deal with us or they know we close and we're not a pain in the ass, that's another leg up. And and honestly, like that's what we called it, building your portfolio. It's important to have this image because if you're competing with deals and in a market like San Diego and competition, you bet your ass that that seller's like, hey, who should we go to to this broker? Who do you think is going to close? Who's the best fit? And if you're the person that's a pain in the ass or doesn't have an image or they don't know anything about and you come along and there's somebody has a brand and they know you and you're out there, they're probably going to pick the other person. Crystal, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, and I was just going to say that because the one point that we always make um, when we're working on our branding and everything is, too, is that sometimes even the person who's the best branded isn't necessarily the absolute best person. So, for example, there might be some person out there who has more money than we do when we're like out there putting in offers or somebody who's more financially qualified technically, but they're not making it known. So they're not going to win because they're not putting themselves out there and it's not about bragging that's definitely not the case it's about being an authority and being known you know what do you want to be known for so before we even started doing any sort of branding or marketing people already kind of knew us locally our reputation so we would put an offer in on a deal and we would win the deal because they'd say oh I know Crystal and Kenny they had a property management business and they know what they're doing and they were really great people to work with. You know, I, I worked with them before. I had a client or I know somebody who's worked with them. They were really, they're really good. So we would win deals just because of that. So now that we've layered on, you know, the podcast or, you know, social media, and we've really been putting ourselves out there a ton. Now people who didn't know us are getting the chance to get to know us because we're out there. And if you don't think that people meet you, and let's say you have a business or you're an investor and they want to work with you. What do you think the first thing people do is? I do it all the time. What's the first thing people do after they meet you and they don't know you? Google. Yeah, they Google you. So, I mean, if you if they can't find you on the Internet, first off, these days, it's kind of strange when you like look someone up and you can't find them anywhere. It's, you're like, what are they hiding? It's kind of suspicious. It's weird unless that you're, it's that unless way. Unless you're like... A massive real estate investor, you already have the brand, you already have the image, you already own a ton of real estate, and they already know who you are. You don't need that. But we're talking somebody like trying to buy and build a portfolio that's competing with those guys. And look, they'll just Google you. I mean, even if anybody follows Grant Cardone, shout out to Grant Cardone, um, he'll tell you like, hey, me having my brand, my image and all this has helped me win deals because people know me, see me, and these brokers have seen me or they follow my stuff or their son follows my stuff. It's literally helped him get deals. So you don't know where your brand or image is going to come into play. But I can tell you right now, like, you know, Crystal and I just did the rent control event. There's other brokers, other people there. We're bringing value to you. So if we go right off on their building, like, like, hey, you brought some value to me, man. I want to, you know, I want to give it back to you. That happens. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it's better to be known than not known. Right. I mean, it's that kind of thing. So Today, we're kind of diving in on, I and we can dive in and like, Crystal, let's talk about some of the things you could do just immediately, right? To just start building your brand or image. Let's just talk about and just the real estate community here in San Diego, just to be hyper-focused on that. Well, if you're a real estate investor, the first thing that I could think of, like if you like want to get started, I mean, for one, we can go through the basics. Like you should at least have like a LinkedIn with like a photo of yourself and kind of a background of what you do. Um, but that's or a like, website. 
Yeah, but I mean, let's say you don't have a website. Like, you can easily go on LinkedIn and create a profile. And then that way, anybody who's looking you up professionally at least can put a face to the name and get a little bit of background on who you are, what you're about. That's like the bare bones, bottom basic thing that you can do. Um, And then if you don't want to do a website, at the very minimum, you should, you can post on LinkedIn or you can post on your Facebook or Instagram. Like, you know, examples of deals that you're doing. Are done, are closed. Or have done, or or have closed. Like what type of buyer you are. Really what it is now, Google is kind of your resume. Like if the more information that people can find on you, that's like a resume. It's a more indirect, it's a more casual version of a resume. It's not like, hey, here's my resume submitting a piece of paper with information on it. But it really is your resume. It's like people are looking up if you have a business and it's relevant, like reviews about working with you. They're looking up. um, They would love to see videos because now they feel like they know you. They get to see how you are and what kind of person you are. And they perceive you a certain way when they see you on video. They see that you have a LinkedIn. They read your profile. They see what kinds of things you've done, what kinds of people have endorsed you or what kind of people you're friends with or things like that. So really, it's just kind of like this is sort of your resume. The Internet is where your resume kind of lies and you can be across many, many different platforms. But I would say bare minimum, start with LinkedIn and start doing some videos and even posting them on LinkedIn of or your social media of like, what are you doing? These days, it's not just about personal stuff for your family and friends. Now, everybody's looking you up. Everybody wants to know what you're about. And if they can get some information on you, you're going you're going to get a leg up or down. It depends on what you're putting out there. So um, your reputation, like you have to build your reputation now. Yeah, and I think, I think another hack too, to what Chris is saying is like, if you are new or you're trying to buy and you have some capital, and maybe you're in the residential world and you want to go in the commercial world, another hack is really easy is make sure you align yourself with a broker that has a good reputation and image in the industry. 100%. Make sure also you align yourself with a good lender that has knows all the brokers. Because guess what? When an offer goes over, it's like, oh, your broker's this? Oh, and your lender's crystal? Oh, wow. Okay, you got your work. You got some, you're on, you have a great team here, you know? That, that 100% helps because they could just... Then next thing you know, Crystal knows the seller broker. Like, oh, hey, tell me about this guy. Like, honestly, he's been looking for deals. He really wants this deal. He likes it. He's qualified. He's ready to go. Like, can we make this happen? You you bet your ass. Those are the conversations that are going out behind the scenes of things like that. You know, right. like we can push to get clients in. Like, what can we do to get this offer accepted? Because they know Crystal. Even they've done a deal with you personally, or that broker could literally send all their deals to Crystal already. Like. Oh, I want to work at Crystal. I send my clients to you. Like, you're going to get it done. Yeah, I mean, and at the very minimum, that broker can now go have a very confident conversation with their seller and say, hey, look, they're actually using this broker that I know. I have a great relationship with her. She said, you know, that they're really qualified for this, that they're serious about the deal. We can help (laughs) give a little insight and build your reputation even on that specific deal for you. Um, And like they say, uh, when you're aligning yourself with really good people, they're going to give you references to other good people. So people tend to work to good people tend to work with other good people. So um, it's just one of those things that you want to really align yourself with the best team. And it does take a little while to find that but those people will make you look good and they will help you win deals just by having casual conversations about 
who you are or working with you or why they should accept your offer or your deal. Yeah. And also too, like, you know, on your first deal, when you have these teams, you, you're, you might have to be a little bit more flexible, you know, and even when you're buying deals and obviously even as you're trying to build your portfolio and get more and more experience and you're trying to buy more and more properties, you are going to be, you are going to start getting yourself a reputation, right? You're going to be like, Hey, this guy's buying a lot of stuff, but with it, it's, you're either going to be the good buyer or the pain in the ass buyer with the image behind it. So, you know, as much as you can build a brand and stuff, like Crystal said, it could also be a curse to you depending on what you're building out there, depending on what you're putting out out there. And I don't, and I, we're living in a world today where it's like, you know, I was listening to a podcast um, with Robert Kiyosaki and Damon John, you know, from the Shark Tank. And I'm using this because I told Crystal, I really like this is, and it was like, how do you raise money for your business? And obviously everybody comes on Shark Tank and talks to Damon John. It's like pitches them and wants the money. And, you know, and Damon was saying, so they get all these people get so many emails and text messages and DMs and all this stuff all the time because they want you to invest in their business. And he says, look, you know, if you're in an elevator with Kim and Robert Kiyosaki or me, and you're trying to give me the hard sell and pitch like that, that's not really how it's done. He's like, but if you, if you shake my hand, you say, Hey, I'm a fan of yours. I appreciate what you do. And you put all this great content out and everything you do. I've learned a lot from you. My name's Kenny Simpson. He might walk out. I might, he's like, look, I might walk out there. Like, wow, that was an impressive guy. Go right to Google, look you up and be like, what's this guy about? Who is this guy? And he might look and be like, wow, this guy's got a lot of cool stuff. He might, I might hit that guy back and go, Hey, what are you up to? I see you. Like, let's have it late in chat. I might reach out to you, but he goes, but I'm gonna see what are you, what's your brand you're putting out there? What's your image you're putting out there? If it's something where you're all about this fake crap and all this, he goes, I'm not interested in working with somebody like that. But if it's a brand and image that I aligns with me, I could see that us working together. And so I think that you, when you're basically, if you're trying to build a portfolio and you're working on your brand, you need to make sure too, the team that you're with is aligning with your brand and image as well. Hundred Like you can't have a broker that's, uh, pain in the ass or not a good reputation, but you do and stuff. So you, you know, you sweet, but we're telling you this because we've watched people and you learn this over time. The brokers that might, you might not even know about that are not out there. Some of them are like, we call them the, the, uh, what do we call them? The snow leopards, right? Where yeah. they're hard to find. And some, some of us know who we're talking about is, but you see, you're like, gosh, this guy put all these people on these great deals and they weren't even on the markets because it's all about that 20 year relationship that this guy's put out in the market, you know, and they're putting a lot of time and effort into those relationships with all those brokers. And they've done a lot of really good transactions and you're inheriting that from them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say to uh, part of kind of being known as a professional or somebody who performs or somebody that you want to work with too is having the right people doing the right things for you that's another good point um so like the one i think pet peeve of a lot of brokers and i'm just gonna throw it out there because it happens so often when someone wants to start investing in multifamily usually they started by investing in residential and they have an agent that they work with and then they try to use that agent to start buying apartments because that agent for one they want to get into apartments like they'd love to sell apartments. Right. And you're going to you're going to be that person that's going to allow. Deals, yeah. yeah, it's a bigger purchase Deal, bigger price, person. bigger commissions. Um, maybe they just want to break into the industry, um, which is OK. But that's probably not it's probably doing you a disservice by using that person, because I can s- tell you right now that there are differences between residential and multifamily. So there's a difference between one to four units and five plus. There's a way we value them differently. 
We analyze them differently. Um, Financing is completely different. So an apartment broker is going to know all of those things that your residential agent's not going to know. And other brokers out there that are selling properties that are getting offers from these residential agents who don't know what they're doing are irritated about getting offers from those residential brokers because they're making a lot of what we call rookie mistakes and they don't want to deal with that. They'd rather deal with somebody who knows what they're doing, who has the experience. So I know you love your agent and you're really loyal to them. That's great. You should stay loyal to them for your residential transactions. You need to have a broker or, you know, that, that you're working with to help you find apartments, somebody who's going to not just submit offers for you, but they're going to educate you. They're going to show you what a good deal is. They're going to show you how to underwrite, analyze. They're going to explain all the neighborhoods to you. They're really going to give you that full overview because a good broker is is like an advisor to you. And you need to kind of like when you hire a CPA, you trust them for your taxes. They give you Hopefully great tax advice. You go to a doctor when you're sick, they diagnose you. You don't go to an ear doctor for a foot problem. You just don't do that. You don't go to a residential agent for an apartment building. You just, you're not going to get the best information and you can't expect them to do that for you. So that's the other biggest piece of advice I give people um, when they're looking to get into the business. And um, It's tough to get your offer accepted too because... This is what this is what nobody's telling you, and this is what happens. Um, you submit an offer, they accept the offer. They're dealing with a residential agent that doesn't does it. They don't even understand what a cap rate is. They don't under, they they don't even understand anything about investment properties. It's especially just two to four unit investment. Now you're in multifamily. They don't even understand about the loan process. Nothing, right? And they don't even understand. Some of them write offers. We're going to close in thirty days. Well, that which is just nobody does. So. The other thing what you don't understand is that this selling agent that might be the apartment broker, they have to start doing more work because what happens is, is your agent can't even explain to the, their client how this stuff works. So what starts happening is we see it as the selling agent starts talking to the buyer because they're like asking so many questions, like just have the buyer call me. This is crazy. And they're basically holding your hand and walking through the process. And they're like, wait a second. So you're getting commission, but I'm doing both sides of the job. And it happens. And it's not even that. It's, 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 that's part of it for sure. That's like a industry thing. But as a borrower, you might be acting improperly because you're being advised improperly. Exactly. So you're not going like negotiate. You need to work with somebody who knows how to negotiate the transaction that you're in. Um, so if you have a residential agent, for example, who's trying to negotiate your apartment building, well, they've never done this before. So they're actually, they don't even know what to negotiate. So how could you work with somebody that doesn't even know how to act on your behalf, uh, properly? And they're, they're probably doing you a disservice. You're probably losing out on something, whether it's certain terms in the contract that are standard or not standard. They're asking for things that are like not industry standard that are just ridiculous that are putting your offer behind everybody else's. Because I'll tell you right now, if you, if you're buying your first apartment building, you're already at a disadvantage. (laughs) You're already, fighting an uphill battle to show what a capable buyer you are. But if you have a great broker with a great reputation and brand and image that has this, they- And they they're can, guiding you? They, they're like, look, and they're control the process. They can guide you right to the finish line and they can sell that to them, you know? it's Look, it's just like this. 
There's a reason why I do residential and the reason why Crystal does commercial loans. If you call me and say, do I know a lot about commercial loans? Absolutely. Would I ever do one? Absolutely not. Why? Because that's not what I'm great at. Could I do a commercial loan? Yes. Will I mess it up? A hundred percent. So if you go with a residential agent, what is the chance that they will 100% make a mistake or guide you wrong? 100% because I've seen it. You know, it's very, it's very rare you'd find a loan officer that does commercial residential both very well. It's very, very rare. It's very rare that you're going to find an uh, agent that does, sells your beautiful primary residence, you know, in La Jolla, and then they're going to go basically find you a 30-unit apartment building in North Park. So the next thing that I think is kind of important that sort of piggybacks off this is um, when you are an inexperienced buyer and you're trying to get your foot in the door and you're out there calling like every broker in town and trying to submit offers and going under contract and then backing out because of, you know, you got an inspection and there's some things here that are, you know, wrong, like you start to get that reputation. I mean, we all know those people out there. There's just like a handful even now of people out there that we've all talked to, uh, just like we were talking about in the last episode with um, shopping mortgage brokers. Like when you're that person out there putting deals under contract and backing out and calling everybody and wasting people's time, you better believe that other brokers are talking amongst other brokers about what a time waster you no, are. No, that is the that's the brand and image that you just gave yourself. That is the brand and the image that you've given and yourself. And it's really and honestly, when you put that out there, it takes time to bring it backwards and then go forward again because the, you you have to you have to repair that with the entire community. Look, and if you're if you're a big investor or a small investor, the ones that do really well that might work with multiple brokers or if they're very open, but they're very transparent, have open dialogue with all of them. They're very friendly with all of them. They're very professional, but they do what they say too, right? Yes. And so there are big guys that are not just going to work with one person because they're getting calls every day, all day about all the deals and they go, we'll represent you great, but there's a reason why they're calling that person and not you first. It doesn't mean, like Chris said, just because they have the most money does not reason why they're calling. They're calling them. They're like, I know this person. I know their image, their brand, and I know what they're about, and I know what they're going to do here. And they're very consistent in this flow. If you're not consistent in the flow, why would somebody call you with a good deal when you're just going to be, like Chris said, you're going to nitpick, you're going to shop, you're going to do this, that. It's, nobody wants to do that. Even brokers... When they're like, what do you mean you're working with multiple lenders? They don't even like that. Even on the residential side, they're like, what? It, it, it's, it's confusion in a transaction where there could already be confusion because real estate transactions, yeah, they're straightforward, but there could be problems. You know, The value could come in $300,000 less on a transaction. And you could be dealing with that situation. How do well, you deal with that? Well, if you're working with a broker, they probably wouldn't have guided you to that property to begin with. Um, if you're working with an apartment broker, because they would have already underwritten the deal and said, this deal is way overpriced. They probably would have pushed you to submit the offer at what the actual value was. If you love that deal, if you really, really love that deal and you want it, well, we need to actually submit the offer at what we would pay the price that we would pay, um, barring, you know, finding something crazy on an inspection report. But that broker probably wouldn't even get you into that situation to begin with. So that those are the kinds of things. So as far as, you know, building your brand and building your reputation, we're sort of 
more talking about building it online today, but your online reputation should match. What's in the community? The reputation that you have in the community. It needs to be consistent. It needs to flow and you need to represent yourself properly. So um, again, even if you aren't a person who's building an online brand for yourself, you are building a brand in the community some way or another. So if you aren't ready to take that step, you definitely want to think about your kind of uh, offline brand, so to speak, is like, how are you presenting yourself and how do people perceive you? And there's a lot of talk out there, especially like, you know, the Gary V's and stuff who I love, but the, the like, don't give a shit what other people think. Yeah, that's true. But you also need to say, what kind of person do I want to be? Do I like for me, I want to be a person of my word. I want to be a person of integrity. I want to be a, a person who can admit when I don't know enough about a subject, but knows what I know. Like I know what I'm knowledgeable at and I know how to go get help from other people in the areas where I'm weak. So those are the kinds of things that need to align with the way that I act every day. So should you really care what other people think about you? No, but should you care about making sure that you're perceived in your community as who you are? Yes. So, yeah. And I think, um, I think when it comes to the branding and the imaging, um, I think we're very, very early in this process. And I think that people don't realize because they're not really concerned about it today as much online. But I don't think people realize in five years from now, whether it's a restaurant or you own a car dealership or you're a mortgage broker or you're a commercial, you sell real estate investor investor or whatever you are, that in five years, those that really focus and build the brand and spend some time on it, I think they're going to gain so much more traction in ways they don't understand because they'll have this reputation out there. And the other thing is, look, if you have a brand and an image and you have a good following and you're local and you have like a name, I like it, let's say a household name within the you know broker community of San Diego and people know you, like that's way better than nobody knows you at all. And think about it, like you're putting yourself out there like, oh, I like to buy these deals and this deal and I have money in this. If you're putting that out there, like people will start following you. They'll start and they're like, well, why don't I just call this guy? He's putting it out there. He has the money and seems like he's easy to work with. And that's, that's, that's a way to think about it. You might start slow, but in five years, that could be a game changer. And I think how people are hiring, like we talked about the other day, are people hiring and all this stuff? It's, it's, it might not be much as, oh, what your schooling was and all this. I think it's going to be, what are you, like Chris said, what are you putting online? Does it match what you're doing in the community? It's already happening. No, no, no. But I'm saying in five years, it's going to be that much more of a big yeah, deal. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it, it used to be, I mean, that it did matter about college and your grades and things. And, and certainly there's still some people out there operating that way. Uh, but more and more people are more impressed with your brand. If you've built a brand for yourself, they're more impressed with that. And that carries a lot more weight than how you did in school or whether you even went to school. Um, than it ever did before. So um, it's just, it's really important no matter what business you're in. But um, if you aren't building an online brand, I would say you're already behind. So it's time to start. Um, But also you need to make sure that you're consistently putting forth, you know, a positive image as well in the community if you're not even um, online yet. Yeah. And I think for final thoughts for me, as I think Crystal said, is if you're new to online and you're overwhelmed with, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all this stuff, I think like Crystal said is maybe just pick one. And if you don't want to do the Facebook and Instagram, that's not you, then just do the LinkedIn thing. 
but like if you're going to do it like spend some time on it and you would be surprised um if you spend in half an hour an hour every day just like perfecting it and meeting people online and you know doing all that stuff you can start organically growing your network through that and then the other thing is is um when you go out in public and maybe you're at a networking event like we throw or something else, you might start going, oh, I see, I know you and this and that. And you can start, look, start cultivating relationships that will start building you, build, building your image there. And then you can start, people will start bringing you deals because they feel like, oh, I got to know you online a little bit. Now at an event, I feel comfortable walk up to you. Hey, I watched your podcast like us, or hey, I see you online, or hey, I saw your LinkedIn page. I saw you about that deal. It sparks conversations. If you walk into an event and nobody knows you, it's not you're at a disadvantage, but think about it. If you walk in and you're putting yourself out there and you're known, it's it's putting yourself where people want to gravitate towards you and introduce you. Crystal, final thoughts? Um, I... So I think, yeah, I mean, basically I kind of gave my final thoughts as far as the branding and things that it's just really critical for you to get your brand out there. Um, so that means online and then also align yourself with the right people that are doing the right things for you. So um, you you don't want to have people doing things that are not their core strength because they're not going to make you look good and they're not going to present you in your best light and they're not going to represent you properly. So, um, get online, start with LinkedIn, I would say as a professional, um, and start aligning yourselves with the right people, uh, that will help you to build your brand. Essentially that's, that's who your team members are, whether it's your broker, your mortgage broker, your insurance agent, whomever those people are, uh, again, good people connect with other good people. So uh, just make sure that you're, you're starting to work on those relationships and plug yourself into the right, the right type of people. Yeah. And as always, guys, if you have any questions that we can help you with, with real estate, financing, whatever it may be, please reach out even as simple as how to start a LinkedIn page. There is <laughs> yeah, YouTube, we'll help you, you with that always, if you really you need always, it. Yeah. But um, hopefully you got some value out of this episode. And once again, like Rose said, just go, just get started, pick a platform and just go sign up and just put yourself out there. And I think you'd be surprised what would come back to you as long as you're matching your, you know, your image online with your image on the street. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.